We're back. Yes, we are. We're recording at least. Who knows when ears will hear this. It has been busy, quote unquote. Busy. With a bait kid and a wife and a job. And I've been putting up the interviews. Trying to get them out. I was hoping I could get like the, uh, the rest of them out this week and then have the interview up before we record it again. But we'll what get caught up. We'll get caught interview? up. I got a bunch more of those interviews from uh, my beer trip. So you, yeah, you haven't even put up the, the show, our last show, 158, right? So. No, I wanted to get up a couple interviews and then do the show and then finish out the interviews. So I, I put up three interviews and then the show's next. Oh, whatever. So this weekend I'm going down, well, this we're actually recording this on a Saturday, so next weekend. Going down to see, uh, going down to Maryland and my niece and nephew are going to be there, so it'll be the first time I've seen them in like a year. Okay. So that would be cool. Probably uh, lots of changes. Big difference. Big difference, yeah. I mean, he's two years old and she's five. <laughs> Pretty big differences. Yep. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm taking my uh, telescope from Jeff for now. So he can look at the moon and that's about it. <laughs> Pretty much, because I don't know how much I'll be able to see down there. And there's not, not much exciting in the sky right now. To look at anyway, but the moon should be cool. I assume the moon. Well, Mercury is pretty visible right now. Yeah, but I don't know how early I'm going to be able to get them out there. Mm. It's, I either have to get them really early, really late, and where they where I think Mercury is out. It's pretty off, far off the horizon right now in the evenings, so I think it's oh, really? easy to see right at sunset. Yeah, I mean Venus was really cool when it was out there. Venus was bright. I saw a picture on astronomy photo of the day just recently, last couple last week or so, and Mercury was almost as high in the sky as Venus. That's hmm. Um, I didn't know Mercury ever went that high above the horizon. I thought it was always like this far above the horizon, you uh-huh. know, like an inch at an arm's length type thing. But this was, you know, pretty far up there. Now, I mean, the, the the odd thing or the cool thing about Venus was that, I mean, I remember coming home the other day. Uh, it was, you know, it was about the sun was starting to go down. But there it was. Bam. This mm-hmm. huge bright, you know, just bright you know star like think but it was, right, it was right. venus and it was just super bright and you could see it there was no doubt what it was i mean it, although i could see how somebody who doesn't understand this the system you know the solar system but doesn't understand that that's venus would be like what the heck is that that that's so bright right right the um i think we've talked about this before but venus aside from the sun and the moon is the only other celestial body bright enough to cast a shadow right uh, you have to be in a very dark place to see Venus's shadow, or as you see the shadow that's cast by an object, you know, where, I'm not saying it right, you need to be in a very dark place to see the shadow that is cast by Venus. <laughs> hmm, we may have a problem here. Problemo? Well, it may be a new moon, in which case there's really no point in me bringing the scope down. Hmm. Keep going. All right. Not a problem for me. Problem for Greg and his family. Well, it's just, you know, the lack of something cool to show him. Yeah, craters. Hey, the moon looks really cool in that scope. It does. You can almost see the cheese. <laughs> Hello. Um, 
What have, so what have I been up to? I've been working in my new job, which is tons of fun. I love it. Just uh, got so much stuff to do and uh, still working on striking that balance of uh-huh. when to wake up, when to go to work, when to go to the gym, when to come home. And that, that noise you're hearing is, is Greg's... Um, yeah, sorry about that. I'm trying to... Starry night type thing. What's that? Uh, it's what's called that? Starwalk. Starwalk, that's it. It's his uh, astronomy program for his phone. It's very good. I, I think I'll get settled into a good routine soon. I've been getting up to go to the gym before work. Almost, almost getting used to waking up at 20 after 5 in the morning. kind of nice when you walk outside and it like like earlier this week when the weather was so wonderful uh-huh like at 20 after five it was like already like 60 degrees and like wonderful it's like i walked outside I'm like wow this is <laughs> it's actually worth being up this early for the to experience this you know because um maybe venus was i think venus was up already or something i don't know so maybe venus is up in the morning maybe i was mistaken I walked outside and and the stars were out and you could see just about everything in the winter sky. Venus is up, uh, Mercury is up, uh, Mars is up. Now it looks like the moon will be there, so yeah, it'll be a smaller moon. It'll be a gibbous moon. Okay, I don't know what that means. But anyway, yeah, walked outside. Like stars were out, the birds were singing. It was already warm. I was like, this is nice. This is what the early part of the world sees <laughs> meanwhile you know i'm normally not stepping out of the door till after eight oh what else is going on since greg's too tied up in his phone to talk i had something just a second ago it sets at ten fifty. I don't know. I may not take it. Maybe it may just be hard to, to manage. Hmm. Oh well. Anyway, so this uh, Wednesday I'm going to go on my interview at the Carnegie Science Center. Oh, for your volunteer. Right. Cool. You gonna run the, uh, star machine? Maybe. Who knows? That'd be awesome. It would be awesome. Do they have the old star machine there? I can't remember if they had brought if they moved it or. It said it's the Bale. The one that was the yeah. Bale, right? Yeah. That yeah. that's probably where I would be doing my work so yeah yeah but most likely i'll be sitting people you know <laughs> yeah as opposed to running yeah the i don't think i'll be running the uh, million dollar star machine mm-hmm. from the 1920s right but i'm still um definitely interested uh in doing it. i mean that's mm-hmm. you, you guys know who listen how much i love to just talk about all this stuff and and the idea of being able to you know get people who are really into the, you know who are coming to there to to get that education to get mm-hmm. that understanding that's definitely my interest so we'll see a couple of weeks ago a couple of months ago maybe we were getting some we were corresponding with a listener through email I'm sorry I can't remember who it was right now it was about the whole marbles in a hose thing the um, pushing a marble in right, one side right. of the hose, having it out loop past the moon, coming back, and uh-huh. and having the comeback does it take the speed of light for that marble to pop out the other side of the hose, or just come back instantly? Right. 
and that night I was I was on the uh, comes back instantly bandwagon. And I think maybe the alcohol might have had part of the reason that I thought that was logical because after reading some of the uh, conversation we had and, and me talking about it a little bit more, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that spooky action at a distance. Yeah, there's no way. Um, the, the the more I thought about it too, the more I realized that uh, what we would actually have is you'd have FTL, right? You'd have faster than light communication. I the, I need. I'll never do this. But what I need to do is I need to find that piece of astronomy cast where I thought I heard him say something along right. those lines and figure out what they were actually right. saying, right? But the reason why the FDL is because, okay, let's say we're, we're, we'll talk about uh, a wire inducing current. Um, and so you have a wire that loops around the moon and back, let's say. And you have a station on the far side of the moon, right? And so you, if you start that, and if you started that and the current would initially, it would instantiate immediately, then that means that as soon as you started that current, there'd be a magnetic field because currents create magnetic fields, and there'd be a magnetic field on the far side of the moon immediately. You'd have FTL. So you'd have a signal faster going than light communication. faster than light, which is slower than time, which is impossible. They were, Frazier and Pamela were explaining something very similar to this, and they were saying... Maybe it had to do with collapsing um, entangled particles. Maybe that, maybe that was the one, right? It, they, basically, they said it, it's not faster than like communication because there's no way to key what the you don't know going, what is you going... can't you can't communicate the key faster right. than the collapse of the way of the particle, right? Right. You don't know where so, you're going to get on one end. You just know that as soon as you get thing on the other end, that, that, you're like, that, oh, something happened, but. That what, as soon as you get reading A, you know what reading B is going to be, right? Or is you know what reading B is, but, but you don't if, know. But you can't what also, reading A is going to be and when oh, you're going to do that's it. That's what it was, right? You could, you didn't. So you're going to push the button, and the button's either going to pull a one or a zero, but you don't know which one. Right, and you don't know when the other person pushes the button either. You just know that when you push that button, if you read a run, if you read a one, then the other entangled particle is going to be a zero. That's all you know, but it's not just it's not just re, it's not like just a one or a zero coming out of a printer. It's it's what the value of the particle is going to be when you view it, right? And you have to how are you going to tell the person when to view it, right? Because even even, it, even if you, you knew exactly when and you could calibrate your clocks to be exactly right then you would still wouldn't be able to communicate because you have no idea what the message is going to be. Right. Yeah, because you, you can't say, I'm going to send a 1 or a 0. You can say, I'm going to collapse the waveform, mm -hmm. check, the, check this particle at exactly this time, right. and you'll see the waveform has collapsed. Now, what but you can, that doesn't... What you can do with that is create a very nice method of cryptography. Because you can... That's what they're trying to do with collapsing with this is that with entangled particles is is to create a cryptographic system where you will know if it has been intercepted or not because the waveform has collapsed or not. Essentially, right, right. Because if someone viewed it, they would. It's a whole. Um, it's a Schrodinger's cat. Sort of, yeah. Basically, well, if you or what, 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 what? Who's what is that we're saying? Observing it changes it. What is that? What's, which, what's that? That's the, that is the Copenhagen interpretation of okay. quantum mechanics. Okay. 
The observation collapses the waveform. Did you see that one of the... Um, is it the Millennium Prize? That, that was mathematical? Yes, the point care proje- uh, projection was... Was that what it was? I'm trying to look it up right I now. I believe it was the point care projection... Project... <laughs> that's from 2008. I don't think that's the same one. No, it was solved in 2008, but it was, you know, they finally awarded it you know, now. The problem with the feet of mathematicians for almost 140 years has been solved by a researcher at the Imperial College of London. No, Darren Crowdy, that's not the guy that it was on the news that they're talking about this week. Um, oh, damn it. What was the name of that series of, pro- was it the Millennium? It's the Millennium Prize. And it was the Poincare... Something. Pro, pro, pro. We are so professional. <laughs> I am in my computer with me. It's, I, I was just at a chili contest. Here we go. The, yeah, the point care conjecture. Uh, it was just a conjecture? Okay. It, it says the point care conjecture proven mm-hmm. uh, in topology. Now, this is describing shapes in four dimensional space. Right. And I think it was describing that the bet, that the, Something about the in four dimensional space it has something to do with a sphere in four dimensional space. Mm-hmm. That was a sphere with a two dimensional surface is essentially characterized by the fact that it is simply connected, Sim- simply connected, which is a, a term for something. Uh, it is also true that every two dimensional surface, which is both compact and simply connected, is topographically a sphere, topologically a sphere. The point care conjecture is that is that this is also true in three dimensional surfaces. The question had long been solved for all dimensions above three. The question had long been solved for all dimensions above three. Solving it for three is central to the problem of classifying three <laughs> manifolds. Okay, I thought it had to do with four. It does have to do with four dimensional space. I'm. It's all these things make your head hurt. Yes. All these problems. These are math problems that uh, people haven't solved. And one of these is going to ruin um, your e-commerce on the internet if they solve it because they're going to be able to... uh, One of them is finding a way to predict prime numbers. And if you can predict... If you can find prime numbers fast, then it completely breaks how all encryption, all computer encryption works today. Really? It all works on prime numbers? It works on factoring prime numbers is extremely difficult and if you can just get the prime number or if you can factor it if you have a formula to factor number a prime number like put in the number put in the stuff and out comes the prime number without having to do millions of computations then it it breaks encryption well that's kind of a p equals np problem right uh that's probably this one right the top one on the list here question is whether for all problems of which a computer can verify a given solution quickly that is, in polynomial time, yes, this it, is can, P equals MP. it can also find the solution quickly. The, yeah, the, this is the P equals NP problem. This is um, one of the big questions of computer uh, programming, and it's, a, it's an idea of... You can, you can sort of simplify this concept. Um, basically, the idea is that a problem that is hard to... A, a P... Is a or an NP hard problem is a problem that is hard to um, solve, but is easy to 
to calculate. So it's easy to say whether a solution is correct, but it's hard to compute computationally. Right. So that that's where it is. It's if you so the way cryptography works is it um well let, let me finish because okay. th- this, this might explain it easier okay so if you imagine a set of numbers mm-hmm. a set of numbers uh negative 5 negative 10 15 4 8 12 32 that's your set of numbers is there any set in those numbers that when you add them together equals zero what that's the question. That's mm-hmm. a hard question computationally to make an algorithm for. Mm-hmm. However, once you get the numbers together, okay, negative 10, negative 5, 15, add those together equals zero. It's very easy to, to, to verify. That's an NP hard problem. And if P equals NP, then there should be a very easy way to computationally compute that and solve that. And if P does not equal NP, then there is not an easy way to calculate that. And there is an easy, but there's an easy way to compute it. And so the idea is that games like Tetris and Go and those sort of games are NP hard games, and uh, cryptography is an NP hard system. Right. So I, I just looked it up, and I am flying off the seat of my pants here. So this might not be completely correct, but the way cryptography works is you take two prime numbers and you multiply them together. The so the product of that is not easily broken back into the two prime numbers. You can't. Especially when you're, I mean, if you have six, right? right? It's pretty easy to say that the two prime numbers are two and three. Right. But when you have, when you're multiplying together two prime numbers that are eight digits long, ten digits long, factoring that back out to figure out what the two prime numbers were are, is ridiculously difficult. And if they solve this P, MP project, conjecture thing, they'll know how to factor those prime numbers back out. And if you can do that fast, really fast right less than the half-life of the universe type fast then you know cryptography is broken and this is part of the reason that quantum computers may might not just might not solve this problem but might be able to do it enough calculations to figure it out but or be in enough states that you can yeah yeah but if you can if you can uh, if you can break a huge number down into its primes easily then uh no more buying stuff on ebay well, you can still buy stuff anyway, but you're, you're, it's it's going to be a lot harder to to keep your uh, credit card information secure. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's uh, th- there are a lot of computer scientists who think that P does not equal MP. Okay. So that will never be you'll never be able to solve that. But there are other people who say, well, we've just never you know we've only been dealing with computer algorithms since Charles Babbage, right? So. There's a long way to go. Yeah, there's a long way to go. There's lots of things computers are very dumb at. Lots of things that computers are very dumb at and people are very good at. Like Galaxy Zoo is an example of something, you know, that... Right, right. uh, The idea is to take something people who are like, you know, five years old or or older can do that computers simply cannot do. Um and we can do it just easily. And reCAPTCHA is a great example of you know mm-hmm. translating books. It's, you know we do these captcha things all the time. reCAPTCHA reCAPTCHA is an so the the captchas everyone should know what captcha is. Those letters that you have to type in when you're th- registering for a website or something mm-hmm. like that. And then um, computers can't easily look at an image and tell what's in it. Um, 
you know, doing some OCR stuff. That's why the numbers are all twisty and stuff. Right. The letters are all twisty because so OCR doesn't work against these images. It's the same thing. Like it shows a picture of um, a lion and it asks you, "Is this a lion or a cat?" You know, and the computer doesn't know. You right. know, computer probably wouldn't even know if it's between a lion and a fish, right? But you know, it, and but humans are like, "Oh, it's a lion." Duh. So. Computers are, are just, we have not developed a computer that's as nearly as good a pattern matching system as we mm-hmm. have. But back to reCAPTCHA, really cool. So the, the letters that they get, the words, it's two words you're comparing. Right. The words that they get are out of, I'm not sure which project it is, but it's a book scanning project. Right. And what they do is they take the questionable words out of these books or the unverified words out of these books and they put them up in reCAPTCHA. And they'll put the one word up a hundred times or something like that, a couple hundred times. And then when they see what people are typing in, they'll um, say, oh, that word is common, not, you know, crammin or crummin right. or crewman. And it's common. So they'll, they'll go ahead and put that into the electronic book. And you'll be saying, wait a minute, how do they know? How do they verify? Well, what they do is they put one word that they know. And they put one word they don't know. So you have to type in two words. There's been times in recapture I've typed in a mistake and it's let me through because the other word was right, right? right. And the word I messed up was because it was really hard to read. It was all yeah. it was really messed up, right? And I just and it took it. And granted that's not helping them figure out what that word is, but it probably falls in when it gets a percent deviation over a certain point, it probably yeah. says this word's screwed up. Let's go someone else. Yeah, that. someone actually physically look at it. But yeah, so it's one of those interesting things that you know we we've figured out so much about how to make computers do all this crazy stuff and things that are way more powerful than human beings can ever possibly do. But at the same time, they're just they're so stupid when it comes to things that evolution has tailored our brains to be able mm-hmm. to do very easily. Too so much so that we do it extremely easy to the point where we do it we overdo it. You know, detecting patterns. We we see faces in in, in wood splotches, and you know we we, we can mm-hmm. see, you know, a, a cloud looks like a an object or something. We're we're just too good at it. Everything mm-hmm. becomes some sort of image and, and and some sort of, especially looking at something extremely foreign like Mars, right? Yeah. You're trying to relate that to what you what you've evolutionally learned, right? Where planets have trees and grass and water and this and that a great example um was when i went hunting with my dad one year first day of deer season you walk into the woods when it's still dark right and you basically sit there all day it's right. the most boring thing that's why i don't really go anymore <laughs> but so i'm sitting there and you sit it going in the dark and you're in the allegheny national forest so there's there's no buildings or anything and it starts to get light and i start to see things in the trees right like i this one i'm sitting there and i swear i saw the slope of a roof and walls and this stone wall and grass like and, and like i saw this whole yard and house like down in the woods right and just it's, it's like when you're on the desert island and your the person you're stranded with turns into a hamburger and he sees you as a hot dog right <laughs> same kind of thing i guess but um, yeah, that, that was the weirdest thing because I'm like, there is a house down there. It looks just like a house due to the trees. But just it's trying just, to look for something familiar. You yeah, know? it's just your brain trying to match patterns. And it's just too damn good at it. Or it thinks it's too damn good at it. Well, it's just over good at it. You know, it's it, it's so good that it, it does it, it overdoes it. Mm-hmm. And it makes patterns even when there isn't a great match. It, it ties in with. And this uh, is why people see Jesus in pieces of toast 
you know, I'm not going to comment on whether there's a God or not, but I bet that he's not putting pictures of Jesus on toast. <laughs> I bet that's not one of his goals. You never know. I mean, Heather had a toaster to put Winnie the Pooh and Tigger on toast. But see, that was actually in- designed to do that. I was at the gym the other day, and I had to go take a poop. So I went to go take a poop. And in the, in the, in the bathroom was this little pamphlet, right, called The Atheist Test. Okay. And as you can guess, it had nothing to do with atheism right right um but oh my god it was i read through it because i was just curious to see what how it was coming at it and it i don't know how they wrote this straight faced it was like it starts out it sounds it's like a, it, it's written like a creationism story but it's talking about a can of coke right right where this planet cooled and was filled with a sweet brown covered with a sweet brown liquid and then the aluminum congealed into a can and the liquid fell into the can and then paint red and white paint fell from the heavens and covered the can and put coca-cola classic 12 fluid ounces on it and and then it keeps going back to it, how how does a person think that a building doesn't have a builder you know <laughs> well the odd thing is that uh it's it, nonsense. They're like trying to say it's nonsensical that, you know, they think like every atheist would say that, oh, that building didn't have an architect. <laughs> the odd thing about that is that in a truly infinite universe, given an infinite expansion of time, yes, a Coke can should materialize out of nothing. <laughs> out of nothing. Yes, a Coke can will materialize out of nothing, given infinity. And, and he's like, but it's, it's, they're making such ridiculous comparisons. Like, I drop 50 oranges and they fall directly into five stacks of 10, you know? Um, you know, they don't, you know, they just organize themselves. How does the universe have organization when, you know, if you just drop oranges, they're not organized? It must be God organizing the I universe. Still, I, I mean, I've always loved the uh, banana being the atheist. Oh, that was, oh, that's hilarious. The banana is proof. That right. There's a God. Right. This this sounded like it was written by an atheist making fun of this book yeah. when I was reading this. It's like it it starts out things with aren't too weird, you know. The skin tells you that uh green too soon, brown too late, yellow just right, right. you know. Um but then it's like the um the skin is non-slip. It's the perfect size for your hand. It curves towards your mouth so you can eat it. Right. And I'm like, wait, my banana is curving away from my mouth. What? I, I don't get it. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, this one's defective. Give me another that, banana. <laughs> have you ever seen what a what a banana looks like before we did human cultivation of the banana for six thousand for nine thousand years? But the plantain. The, or? Yeah, the original bananas is are this kind of thick husk thing with a whole bunch of seeds in them. Well, we have now with the the. Uh, I think they're Cavendish bananas. They have no seeds. You notice that they can't mm-hmm. reproduce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to actually, you know, clippings or yeah, spl- splitting the tree. Yeah, uh, there's um, there, it, it's been over vast millennia turned into the banana we know today by human beings. Like it has now, an easy easy pull lever right. tab on it to open the banana. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it was written by someone making fun of a really bad. Uh, creationist type thing. The, the, the funny thing is, you know, if someone ever brings up, you say, well, you know, okay, what about the pineapple? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, if God designed the banana so perfectly, then what, what the hell was he thinking when he designed the pineapple? <laughs> <laughs> With a coconut. 
dude. It's this huge husky. You need a machete to get into it. <laughs> and then when you get into it, you spill everything everywhere. Cause right. You crack it in half. Yeah. Um, at least I know how to open a coconut now after watching 20 seasons of Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Survivor, real quick thing. Um, oh, yeah. Boy, you used to really like the show. Well, yeah, I used to really. It's been 20 years or 20, 20 seasons, seasons, 10 years. <laughs> um, I know what you're saying, but a couple weeks ago was the best blind side, best turnaround ever. So there's a there's a bad guy that was on a couple seasons ago, Russell, and he's on again. And he is one of the greatest bad guys. He They have hidden immunity, hidden immunity idols now, which are hidden around camp and you get clues. This guy found like three idols without getting a single clue. He was just like, go look for them, you know, because he knew there'd probably be some. And he right. found three of them in the one season. So this last time, he, he's on the outs. He's getting voted against. And he does this crazy thing where he, um, he knows he's going to get the votes. He has a hidden immunity idol. He gives it to another person. Because he got, he got one of the guys on the other team who was kind of torn in the allegiance, uh-huh. but he was still against him, to not vote for Russell, to vote for the girl. Because it wasn't going to change the outcome, right? And then he gave his immunity idol to the girl. So he tricked that guy into not voting for him, voting for the girl, because the vote wouldn't have mattered anyway. Uh-huh. But he made her immune. And so he got stay, and the other person had to go. You know, it was... I, I didn't describe what? it right. It was so it was like a three-way thing, right? So I, one of the guys from the other alliance had to go because the votes came out the the other way. It was he was so gone if or like his his group would have been so gone. Either him or the girl would have gone if he kept the idol himself. But he talked worked it out just right. The perfect just one vote to get the other people out. It was the riskiest, and everyone was like. I can't believe it just happened in in 20 seasons. I've never seen a blindside or such great strategy as that. It was amazing. Okay. So great. Survivor. You used to be so hot on God, it. it's an hour long show and it's the same shit over and over and over again. I just couldn't. They mix, they mix it up a little bit now, but it's still an hour long. Ugh. I mean, you know, there's interesting parts to it, like the tribal council stuff like that. But there's you know ten or fifteen minutes of interesting stuff in an hour long show. Tebo it and fast forward. No, thank you. Right, I hear you. But th- this move by Russell was amazing. That's all. Way to go, Russell. It was amazing. The guy deserves. Oh, he's, he, he's he's abrasive and he is straightforward, and he's good at it. He actually can play that. He I wouldn't I I. I'd love to see him win this time because he made it to the um, made, came in third last time, mm-hmm. and it's amazing someone who will tell to your face that you're stupid and you're going home can make it that far. It's amazing. Good for Russell. Good for Russell. What else? Um, barley wines. I guess we should drink some barley wines. Let's I watched the uh, I watched the first two episodes of Breaking Bad last night for this next season. How are they? Uh, I think it's getting into an interesting place. Uh, the end of the second episode, um, 
Mr. White was about a few seconds from getting a uh, fire axe to the head as he stepped out of a shower. Um, and then Mr. Polo. Oh, did you ever watch the second season? No. 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 Oh, okay. Well, there, oh, there's too much backstory. Um, All right. He was about to get whacked, and, and the, the drug kingpin of the Southwest who works at a fast food restaurant, he's the manager of a fast food restaurant, just his cover, and he's this very congenial guy. It's a, it's a hilarious character. Guy is so kind and courteous, and he works at this fast food chicken place, but he is the Southwest drug billionaire you know, distributions are. Uh, and he found out with like a few seconds to spare that they were going to whack, they were going to whack, Mr. whack the main character. And uh, he offered the main character a job and he declined it. And he called off the goons with a second to go, even though the goons didn't work for him. That's how much pull he has. So now the main character is going to be under the drug guy's thumb, right? So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Because he did, basically didn't want to cook any more meth. He had a half million dollars. Um, his wife found out what he was doing, so she's like not talking to him and wants a divorce. And um, I want a plane crashed above his house. Yeah, I know that part. So, yeah. yeah. All kinds of badness happening. Breaking Nothing. Bad. Breaking Bad never has a happy, happy time. No, it's not supposed. To. I don't think it's really designed to be you know a happy-go-lucky show. You know what show really dr- bugs me? Just have to get this off my chest real fast. Um, that new show, Parenthood has Peter Krause in it and a few others, the, the girl that was screwing um, Santa and bad Santa and whatnot. But um, I really don't like that show. I guess it's real life and it's how hard marriages and families can be and stuff, but just bad thing after bad thing and the characters, I just don't like them. That show just really, really bothers me. I'm not it, interested in it at Heather, all. Heather watches it. That's why I've seen it. But it just really bothers me. Um, almost... I hate Glee. Even even I don't understand the appeal at all. <laughs> <laughs> even more than uh, like I really hated Everyone Hates Raymond. Um, not because the jokes are corny, but how how mean the parents and and they were to their parents and stuff. I just didn't like I didn't like it at all. I just couldn't stomach it. And this is a similar similar type of feel. It's like why does everything have to be so unhappy? I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch real depressing life on TV. I mean. You know, real depressing life that's actually scripted drama on TV. I want to see that. Well, Lost is not exactly happy. It's not just run-of-the-mill, what, do you fly to Australia and get stuck on an island? No, it's not no. It's not real life. I mean, this stuff's just real life that's just unhappy and stupid. I just think, I think real life can be fun. Like, I, I mean, I've never seen Friday Night Lights, but I've seen lots of praise for it. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, there's no sci-fi or anything like that. But I just think if you don't, and and Sopranos was you know I mean it had a kind of hook to it that it was mafia stuff but it was still you know real right. real life stuff and and so is Breaking Bad right there's no sci-fi I mean there's a hook to it that it's meth and stuff so you know there's that but you know I I have no problem with with, with the with the real life drama that's good The Wire Homicide were all yeah. very good stuff it was just. It's just that if, if it's written poorly and if it's written schmaltzy and, and stuff like that, then, yeah, I'm not interested in that. I don't like obvious shows. I don't like shows where it's obvious right. what's going to happen and it's obvious how people are going to act. Oh, the shows you mentioned, you know, that kind of stuff, I mean, that's fine, but it, it it's intriguing. It's not just, you know, one family with one... I mean, it's just... 
it's real life. It's, you know, the teenage daughter's being a bitch and they have a kid with Asperger's, you know, and he's getting therapy and just fucking depressing. <laughs> okay. Well, what a great note to end our pre-show on. Don't watch Parenthood. It blows.